When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi there, this is Jillian on Love, and I'm on a mission to teach people how to completely revolutionize their romantic relationships by transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you are in a relationship, single or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Trecky, Certified Relationship Coach and Teacher, With over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, breaths, and minds, I have coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. Today's episode is titled, How to Instantly Improve Your Relationship. And maybe it's not so instantly, but... These are the things, they're really simple, but they're not necessarily easy, that will, without fail, improve your relationship. And if it doesn't, at the very least, it will highlight to you or affirm for you that you are in the wrong relationship. But these are the things that I really want you to challenge to think about and to implement into your relationship. Now, if you're single, one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself is to listen and take notes to my episodes and to all sorts of episodes and things that you read that apply to people who are in a relationship because you want to prepare. You want to prepare so that when you are in a relationship again, you have the tools. That's actually like one of the most important things that I tell single people. Learn the skills now. These are the things that I have taught couples that I've worked with over the last 10 years. Even when I have a person and I don't get to meet their significant other, when they have implemented this, it's been a game changer. And I think that it will really help you reflect on your past relationships. So here I go. The first thing to do if you want to improve your relationship, 
transform your relationship, make it better, make it healthier, make it more mature, make it more conscious is needs. Got to talk about needs. When two people are in a secure, healthy relationship, they make each other's needs as important as their own. When you're in a relationship with someone whose needs are always more important than yours, you're in a relationship with someone who's selfish. When you're in a relationship with someone who completely ignores their needs and always puts your needs before theirs, you're likely in some sort of codependent relationship. Love is when you're in a relationship and you can say to your partner, your needs are as important to me as my own. Your needs are a priority and my needs are a priority too. Now, does that mean that sometimes there's going to be compromise? Yeah. Hate to break it to you. A big part of relationship is negotiation. The needs that I'm really referring to today is the need to feel love and connected, the need to feel safe, the need to feel like there's some mystery, some sexual attraction, if that's important, the need to feel like you're growing together. So if you think of these main needs, the need to feel love and connected to someone, the need to feel safe, the need to feel like there's a sense of adventure or passion, maybe that's in the realm of erotic, maybe that's in the realm of sexual attraction and the need to grow. If you think of these main needs, what you'll discover is that what you need to feel connected and loved to the person you're in a relationship with is not necessarily what they need to feel connected and love. What you need to feel safe might look a little bit different than what they need to feel safe. What you need to feel like you're growing together as a couple might look a little different. What you need to feel like there's a sense of variety and adventure and sexual mystery might be different. So have the conversation Because if you don't know what you need to feel all these things, if you don't know what you need in order for these needs to be fulfilled for you inside of a relationship, then you need to get in touch with that. And if you don't know what that is for your significant other, you need to ask. But here's the thing. I always like to empower people to understand that we need to be the change that we wish to see in a relationship. Yes, it has to go both ways. It has to be a two-way street. I know that's always the feedback I'm getting. It's got to be a two-way street. But love is not a trade. And one of the biggest mistakes I see couples make is, yeah, I'll scratch your back as long as I know you're scratching my back too. We have to be the kind of partner that we want someone to be for us. And if the outcome is they're selfish, then at least you know. Oftentimes, what I have seen over and over again is that when we start to make adjustments to the way we operate inside of a relationship, when you start to make an adjustment, there is a big chance if you're with someone who really is, quote unquote, the right person for you. What you will start to see 
is a change in their behavior. And like I said, if you don't, then there's your answer for you. One of the things that I have said many times in several of my podcast episodes here is that one of the biggest ways in which we sabotage, or one of the most common ways, I should say, that people sabotage a relationship is by being selfish. Now, you could be a completely not selfish person. You could be a giver. But that doesn't mean that sometimes you're not selfish in a relationship. And that's for all of us. How many times have you felt insecure and then all you've thought about are your needs? This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I remember when I was going through an incredibly difficult time. My mom was dying. I was going through a divorce. And I don't know how I would have made it out of that time if had I not had a therapist to help me to move through that trauma, honestly. And, you know, sometimes in life we're faced with really challenging stuff. We're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear, you know, like it's important to have a path. It's important to know which step we should take. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of risks that we need to take in life, but life can be really overwhelming. And talking to a therapist to help us sort through these difficult life choices is really, really beneficial. So whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you try to navigate this thing called life so that you can move forward with confidence and also with some excitement. You know, it's hard to trust ourselves sometimes. And it's hard sometimes to trust ourselves to make decisions that align with our highest good, really, for what's really best for us and our values. And, you know, the more we practice this, the easier it gets, for sure. So it's really helpful when in therapy to learn how to process difficult decisions, to learn how to process really difficult emotions. And ultimately, it's just so that you can be a better version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. So it is designed to be convenient. It is designed to be flexible so that it can fit in your schedule. It's very important. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which is huge because your relationship with your therapist is like any other relationship. It's got to be compatible. It's got to work. It's got to vibe. And so sometimes it takes a couple of tries before you really find the right person for you, just like in dating. The fact that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge is excellent. Let therapy be your map with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash on love today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on love. I remember speaking to a client recently in the last few months and she had just started seeing someone and it was about, I don't know, 
six, seven months in. And the person that she was seeing is really busy, single parent, works around the clock, and was really tired a lot of the time. And you know, the story that I'm telling you was a story that I've heard actually more than one time. And I've heard it more than one time in the span of like two weeks. It's very interesting. So it dawned on me that this is really common. We'll date someone and we know going in that they're really busy there. Maybe they have a demanding job. Maybe they're co-parenting. Maybe they're single parent. And because of that, they don't have a lot of time. But all their free time is spent on investing in the relationship. I've heard from others, and I recently heard from my clients saying, you know, I feel like I need a lot of reassurance. He's always tired. He comes over. He wants to, like, take a nap. And I feel like he's not prioritizing me. And she brought that up to him. She brought it up a number of times, and he would just say, I'm just really busy all my free time, that's not with my child and not at work. I'm actually spending with you. I'm doing my best. And she kept on harping on it. And he ended up breaking up with her. And her story was, you know, he just couldn't meet my needs. And I said, no, you refused to meet his. And that was a big, <laughs> it was like a screeching halt that you could hear it. And it was a very tough pill for her to swallow because she didn't have to be in a relationship with someone that busy. And to be honest, what we discovered is that it's actually not right for her. And that's perfectly fine. But the reality is, is that he was actually doing his best and spending all his free time with her. But the fact that he wasn't there all the time or he was tired a lot, she got preoccupied with what she was not getting. And she got preoccupied with her anxiety about it. And not once did she have compassion for the fact that he was busy. Again, this is not the first time. I've heard this from like two, maybe three other people in a span of two weeks. Pretty much the exact same story. And... What he needed from her to feel safe with her was for her to understand that he was doing the best that he could. This is a lovely person. She is a giver. She's wonderful. She made her needs more important than his. And when we're in a relationship with someone, of course, we may have to put our foot down in certain things like, I need more, right? And that's where the negotiation is. And that's where we may have to say, oh, this person, it's not that they don't want to meet my needs, it's that they can't. And so it's up to me to decide if those needs are really important or if this person is still worth it to me. Like we are constantly having to negotiate this. But if you're in a relationship and things are struggling, I can almost guarantee it's because you're thinking about what you're lacking and missing rather than what you can be contributing to the relationship to make it better. I know this is very hard. Listen, I am a giver, but I've also had to admit when I have been so preoccupied with what I was not getting because of an anxiety there. It's really, I mean, look, the fear is really the fear of being unloved, the fear of abandonment. And that's the thing, like 
when our fear of abandonment, which I think everyone has on some level, but when it's really strong, and you would see that in perhaps anxious attachment, I mean, definitely an anxious attachment, but not solely in that. You see that in, in avoidance. I mean, you see that in all attachment wounds, there is a fear of not being enough. There is a fear that we are inadequate. There's a fear that we're going to be left. There's a fear that we're not going to be loved for who we are. This is so human. And when we get preoccupied with that fear, everything becomes about how can I get that need fulfilled, which is the need for safety. And we forget, wait a second, this relationship needs connection too. It needs love too. We need to grow too. So instead of me just only thinking about how can I get safe, it also has to be what is for the better good of this relationship? What do we need to talk about to feel more connected? What do they need that I'm not fulfilling for them? This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. How many subscriptions do you have to various things that at the time you thought would be a good idea and then you realize, oh my God, I am not using any of this. Or if you were to really sit down <laughs> and think about all the subscriptions you have to like just movie watching and show watching alone, can you think of any that you might be really wasting your money on? Because I know I am. And it's one of those things that we just do and we forget about it and it's never a good thing because it's like we're literally throwing money in the garbage. So if you discover that you have any subscriptions that you forgot about, I want to tell you about Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It's genius. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. And chances are you're one of them. Like I said, I'm definitely one of them. Like that Stars app just to watch one show or the time that I signed up for some sort of prime membership just to get this one show and then forgot about it. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, you just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash onlove. That's rocketmoney.com slash onlove. Rocketmoney.com slash onlove. Everything that I share today is going to go under the umbrella of communication because Pretty much all relationship problems, most relationship problems, I should say, are really communication problems. But I'll say it again. Love is when meeting their needs is as important to us as meeting our own. And so if you want to instantly improve your relationship, whether it's a little or a lot, you must ask yourself, in what way am I not meeting their needs? What is it that they need? that I am not paying attention to. And sure, many of you might think, what needs am I not paying attention to of my own? And that I will get to in a moment. But because I do a lot of content on raising self-esteem and getting people to have a voice inside their relationship, and that's all very valid, and many of you probably need to hear that, we can't forget the fact that also when we're in a relationship, it's not just all about us. 
So instantly improving your relationship. How have I not been making their needs as important as my own? And what are their needs? Am I loving them in the language that they can understand? Do they feel safe with me? I may be able to be very clear about if I feel safe with them, but do they feel safe with me? Because if you want to improve your relationship, it can't be about villainizing them and validating ourselves. If that's the route one wishes to take, then it's best to break up with that person. So love is not a trade. It's not 50-50. There are going to be days where you got to pull most of the weight and there are going to be days where they have to pull most of the weight. And the only way that you can come to that agreement and arrangement and understanding inside of your relationship is to have continuous, open, honest communication. I am exhausted today. I've had the hardest week. Where are you at? All right, I'm okay. Will you pick up some of the slack? And then I, you know, I've got you. I got your back next time. I love you. Like, you're so good to me. Thank you. And then if the other person's like, no, then again, you have your answer. But if you're listening to this, if you're in a, if you're a couple and you're listening to this, like team players, collaboration, communication, wanting to see each other fulfilled and satiated and happy. That's the name of the game. Next, leaving space for autonomy. Now, this might not be something that you are running into in your relationship. It might even not be something that you've run into in your past relationships, or it might. People in a relationship with one another need to be connected, but they also need to feel autonomous, that they can make their own decisions, that they're allowed to have their emotions, that they can process their emotions without having someone breathing down their throat trying to fix everything. So this conversation around autonomy is a very important conversation to have. And it's not a conversation that you just have one time. It's a conversation that needs to be repeated throughout. I mean, all these communication tips, again, are not one-time thing. It's checking in with each other. You can literally go to your partner and say, hey, how are you doing? Like, are you feeling free? Are you feeling free in the relationship? Like, how is that going? How can I support you to feel a little bit more autonomous? Conversely, it's, do you feel connected? Do you feel connected to me? Are you feeling a little disconnected? How can I make you feel more connected to me? What do you need from me to feel like you're totally connected, that we're totally connected? These are the habits that so few couples do. And then they wonder why their relationship doesn't work. But when they start to incorporate it, it is relational magic. But initiate it. If they're not initiating it, you be the one to initiate it. Hey, I really want to make sure that we feel connected this week. How are you feeling? Rather than always making a request for them to meet a certain need, bring up the conversation with the intention of, hey, let's share like what we both need from each other and see if we can do that for each other and where we can't figure out a compromise. So leaving space for autonomy. Number three, one of the ways to improve a relationship is when one or both people really needs to get 
their crap together. Do you need to get sober? Because if you have a drinking problem or a drug problem and you're not sober, your relationship will never be okay. If you're a parent and you're busy, do you need just like a day to yourself? Do you need your partner to to support you in that? Do you need to explore hobbies? Are you in a relationship where you put all the focus on your partner and you put all their needs before your own? And all you do is ruminate about the relationship. Is it time for you to explore some hobbies so that your focus is not only on this other person? Do you need to get some help of some sort? Do you need to start exercising? One of the most tragically overlooked strategies, if you will, to instantly improving a relationship is to focus on improving the relationship we have with ourselves and dealing with things that are either just a little bit all the way to a lot self-destructive. Because as long as we're self-destructing, we're destroying the relationship, even if it's just a little bit. As long as we're ignoring our lives, we're destroying the relationship. Remember, if your needs are always more important than their needs, then we're operating out of selfishness. If we are constantly making their needs and their lives more important than our own, we're operating out of some sort of codependence. If our needs and their needs are both a priority, we are operating within relational health and love. Next one, five. Is there an apology? that you need to give. You know, it's not an easy thing to think about, especially if, you know, you're listening to this and you're really wanting an apology from them. My message will always be that it begins with us and we have to be the change that we wish to see in a relationship. And we have to challenge ourselves to be the kind of partner that we wish from someone else. So if this is a relationship that you really are committed to, then you must ask yourself, is there an apology somewhere? Even if it's, I'm so sorry, I haven't been as available to you this week as much as I like to. I'm sorry that I, you know, wasn't paying attention to you the other day and just tuned you out. I'm sorry I've been so stressed out that I've been not really present. I'm sorry I didn't, I didn't take you out on that date the way I promised you. I'm sorry that I have only been focusing on what you're doing wrong and not really appreciating all the things that you do right. I'm sorry I didn't pick up the kids like I said I would. I'm sorry that you have been picking up all the slack and I have been so focused on work. I'm sorry I haven't been loving you the way that you need to be loved. I'm sorry if I have made you feel unsafe in any way. I'm sorry if I've been sort of like a buzzkill lately. Is there an apology that you need to give? Because if there is, you can turn your relationship around with that one apology. It can be incredibly healing. An apology that the other person didn't even realize that they needed. But then by you saying it, It's like giving your relationship a really big hug. 
Final step. This one's going to be the hardest one. To improve your relationship fairly quickly. To repair it in any way. To make it from good to fantastic or from struggling to on the path towards healing. You have to take control of your resentment. Resentment is a mental prison. And it comes from focusing on the story and focusing on the meaning of the story that is only part of the story and it completely screws us over and destroys any possibility of a healthy relationship. Resentment comes when we don't communicate. And then we get in our heads, I know I've been there, and the story that we're telling ourselves is they don't care, they're this, they're that, I can't believe they didn't do that, they don't care, they're selfish, I'm not enough for them, they don't do anything, I do everything here, they don't do anything for me. And this comes from very often putting someone else's needs before our own all the time. Yeah, sometimes we have to put someone we love, their needs before our own. That's called love, but consistently all the time? No. That's a recipe for codependence. It's a recipe for contempt. And we, we're responsible for it. We're responsible for it. It's in many ways our problem to begin to solve. So if you are in the mental prison of resentment, some things to ask yourself is, Have I been giving, giving, and not giving to myself? Have I laid down a foundation in the relationship in which I have trained my partner to make them believe that their needs are more important than mine? Have I trained them to be selfish by completely being a martyr? Have I not been communicating what it is that I want and expecting them to mind read? Have I been tolerating crappy behavior without speaking up for myself or laying down a boundary? Have I projected a bunch of negative stories and meanings onto them because I was taught my whole childhood from my mom that they, quote unquote, can't be trusted? Our resentment needs to be consulted with. We need to control it by communicating by asking ourselves these questions. Because resentment has a way of multiplying and building and getting worse and worse as we get stuck in our heads. And the end result is always, if we don't take care of it, contempt. And when we are in contempt, what we see is a monster in our partner. It's like hate. And there's almost no recovery from that. But we can be masters of our resentment. We can really stand guard of our minds and not allow resentment to take over. But you have to check out the stories that you've been telling yourself and the meanings you've been giving it. Because once we keep running with a narrative, again, it becomes so easy to see ourselves as the victim of the circumstances. And if you are in something where you know that you are not with someone who has the capacity to be the kind of partner that you deserve, by you remaining in it, 
just hating them and resentful is still your problem. Because it means that you're not willing to do anything about it. Look, I have been there. It's a really, really important thing that we have to see in ourselves. Our resentment is our problem. And it might speak to a larger problem inside of the relationship. But then we have to address it. We have to take action. So let me recap these because this is really important. Again, I know it's not easy and you might need the help of a couples counselor or therapist. For some of you listening, it might just be like like a light switch goes off. But I want to encourage each and every one of you, whether you are in a relationship or not, whether you just started dating someone or you've been in a marriage for 25 years, wherever you are in your love life, practice becoming a great communicator. And a great communicator always leads with the truth, always leads with vulnerability, and leads with respect and love. You can be so angry at someone, but how you express that anger could be coming from a place of love or coming from a place of disrespect and hate. And so even if you are rightfully pissed off at someone, and you need to let them know, great, let them know, but still lead with vulnerability and love. I love you, but what you did was really messed up and I'm really, really hurt. I'm not okay with this. It's really hurtful. Versus you always, you do this and belittle, belittle. It's two totally different ballgames. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. As someone who never thought she could ever be an entrepreneur, I had to learn a thing or two about running my own business. And I really believe in mentorship and I really believe in learning from the best. I have learned so much from Sarah Blakely on Masterclass on how to be a self-made entrepreneur. I can't tell you how much that's helped me. And the thing is, with Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. What's really great about it is that annual memberships start at $10 a month, and you'll get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insights, and much more. I love learning from home, and the experts on Masterclass are the cream of the crop. And it's been so beneficial to me because, listen, there are over 180 classes to pick from. Everything from learning how to communicate, redesigning your home, relationships, learning how to cook like really great food. And new classes are added every month. So find practical takeaways that you can apply to your life and at work. If you run a business you can use Masterclass to help your team. It's so cool. So even if you want to become a better chef, advance your career, work on certain key aspects of your career like me, land a book deal or anything else, Masterclass has you covered because there's also a lot of classes on writing. I mean, this is just amazing for any mind, for the creative mind, for those of you who want to tap into your creativity. So you gain new skills in as little as 10 minutes, either on your phone, computer, tablet, smartphone, and even audio mode to listen on the go. 
So how much would it cost to take one-on-one classes from the world's best? With a Masterclass annual membership, it would only cost you $10 a month. I mean, you can't get a better deal. So get unlimited access to every class. And right now, as a Jillian on Love listener, you get 15% off when you go to masterclass.com slash J-O-L. That's masterclass.com slash J-O-L for 15% off an annual membership. Masterclass.com slash J-O-L. So to recap, what you can start doing literally today is to ask yourself, where am I on this spectrum? Are there needs as important as mine? Have I been putting myself before them constantly? Or am I making their needs more important than my own? Where am I? And then how can I get to the place where I'm important and so are they, and I need to figure out if I've just been preoccupied with my own insecurities and my own needs and what I'm not getting and not paying attention to them. And then if you do not know what they need to feel safe and important to you and connected to you and to feel like you're growing, it's time to open up and have the conversation. Directly ask them. How can I make you feel more safe? What do you need to feel more connected? This is what I need to teach each other, learn from each other and start doing it. But remember, love is not a trade. Do not keep tabs. Don't say, oh, well, they're not doing it for me this week. So why would I not do it for them? Don't fall into that trap. What you have to do is say, okay, they're not doing it for me. Let me maybe just remind them that I would really love that because maybe they just got a little unconscious and they just need to be reminded. And if they get right back on the horse, then great. If they don't, I want you to keep being the person that you would be proud to be in a relationship. And if you don't see a shift, you have that answer for you. Two, leaving space for autonomy. Do you feel free in this relationship and do they feel free in the relationship? And what would that actually mean? What would freedom mean to you in the relationship? What would more freedom mean to them? And have that conversation. Number three, what do you have to do if there's anything that you have to do to really get your life more in order? Do you need to focus on hobbies? Do you actually need to have more of a community and more friendships so that you can get some love outside of the relationship? Hollywood and literature has taught us that our entire love oxygen supply can come from a partner, but really that model doesn't work. What works is to have many different sources of love. So that when our partner's really busy, when we're not always with them, that we can actually feel whole. It's not easy, but it's very necessary. Do you need to get sober? Do you need to start taking care of your body? Do you need to start taking care of just your mental health? What needs to happen? What needs to change in terms of your relationship with yourself so that you can actually Deal with some of the things that you know you should be dealing with but haven't been because that's going to serve the relationship. And then next, is there an apology that you need to give? Even if it's just a small one. And then last, taking control of your resentment so that you just don't let it eat you alive because it will. It absolutely will. And you need to ask yourself, have I been putting them before me constantly? Why do I do that? I need to stop doing that. I have to start giving to myself. Have I been giving to get? I know it's a hard pattern to break, but it is completely breakable. You can do that. 
Absolutely. And you must. Have you been creating fiction in your head about something that they did and letting it ruminate until it becomes like this one line narrative that becomes an entire epic film and you have in no way discussed it with them? These are things that you can literally put into practice right away. And maybe it means if you're in a relationship that you listen to this episode with your significant other because chances are it's going to provoke some very interesting conversation and maybe a conversation that is long overdue. Maybe you will reflect back on your past relationship and see where this was a problem. Maybe all of these were a problem in some way. These are the needle movers. These are absolutely the needle movers. And I would love to hear from you, to hear your experience with this. If you had the conversation, if you have any questions about this, because especially when I do these episodes that are like almost like couples work episodes, I'm trying to give you as much of like a couple session. Obviously it's very general and I'm not speaking to you directly, but I'm trying to give you directives that I know when put into practice, will be game-changing. I also know they're not easy, but we have to do this, right? Trust me. I mean, our egos get in the way and we get frustrated and we can get angry and we can feel like things aren't fair. But like I said, if you're in a relationship that really matters to you and you want things to change, we have to challenge ourselves to get over our egos, if you have any questions or you want to report any of putting this into practice and just letting me know, please email us at hello at jillianonlove.com. I love to hear from you. If you know anyone who could listen to this, even if they're single or just got out of a relationship that just didn't work and they're like, never again, I need to make my next relationship work. Or just someone who you're just like, you know what? They're in a relationship. Maybe by me sending this, I could be totally changing someone's life you just never know whose life you can change by hitting sun and then lastly but certainly not least thank you for listening i appreciate you i love hearing from you and if you have any requests for future episodes let me know until next time Jillian on Love is a Q-Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Countshouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. 
This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.